Well, as we start our message time today, I need some volunteers. I've talked to a few people ahead of time about this, but I'm looking for some couples uh, that would be willing to uh, come up, and I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do, but it's not going to be embarrassing. It's going to be fun. I know a few of you have already asked the East if you guys would come on up, the Ramseys, uh, Ken and Joyce, and then would you guys be willing to do this? All right, come on, Lauren, Kiernan. Let's welcome all of them to the stage this morning. Some of them know what's happening. Some of them have no idea what's happening. We're starting a new series today that we're going to get into in a minute. But what I, what I have for you guys, and we're going to pass the microphone back here, is uh, you guys are with your significant others? Yes. All right. We've got a, a wide range of experience here. I want to call it experience, not age, right? Experience uh, with couples. Yeah. And what I want you to do is I'm going to ha- be handing them uh, a card that has quotes from a movie. All right. Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah, that'll be good for you guys. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, here we go. This one will be good. And then I'll, I'll see. I'll, I'll hand out some of those. So what you guys, this has the uh, male quote at the top and the female quote on the bottom. All right. And I think I did them all in the right order. No. No, okay. So it, you can look at that. Okay, if, if you have the girl line, women, you read it. The guy line, you read it. I think you figured that out. And so what this is, is this is... Okay, she's the second line. Well, you're a mister. Okay, and she's... And so, okay. Sorry, all right. No prep for this, right? They're, they're doing this just fine. So what this is, this is famous lines from a movie shared by couples. And so here we go. Uh, you guys are going to go first here. <clears throat> Oh, let me set it up here. So this is Julia Roberts from the movie Notting Hill. Thanks. (laughs) Yep. I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. And Jack Nicholson from As Good As It Gets. Now, you do your best Jack Nicholson impression, okay? All right? Make it good. You make make me want to be a better man. (laughs) Jack Nicholson got Southern. All right. No, that's good. All right. And now we have a Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. You have bewitched me, body and soul. Wait a minute, are you mad at her? Okay. Like you love her. It says prejudice. There you go, well. And I love you, I love you. I never wish to be parted from you from this day on. I wanted to be with you. I wanted to be with you so badly. That's, that's Meg Ryan, right? All right. From, so here we have, uh, let's remember which one's here. Yes, so everyone is familiar with this movie. This is Ingrid Bergman from Casablanca. Kiss me, kiss me as if it were the last time. And your response to Humphrey Bogart is? Here's looking at you, kid. All right, it's all right. <laughs> And you guys, you have, oh, th- this, is, this is the one here, all right? You guys, you guys have seen this movie, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah. So this is Noah from The Notebook. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. We're going to have to work at this every day, but I want to, to do that because I want you. I want all of you, you and me, every day. And then Ellie replies, I have to go. <laughs> That's it. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? All right, and then here's one. And I'm going to ask my wife to come up for one in a moment here. But uh, let's go back. Look, I, you, everybody did a great job. But you're in the middle here, so I'm going to give you this one. This is from Titanic. This is Jack 
as he's holding on for dear life, as he's about to die. And what does Jack say? Winning that ticket, Rose, was the best thing that ever happened to me. It brought me to you. And Rose replies, I'll never let go, Jack. (laughs) Thank you. Let's give him a hand. We know that, of course, they do let go. And then here's my favorite. So my wife and I will do this one. This is from Jerry Maguire. Okay. Actually, I don't need the microphone here. This is microphone for you. I have a microphone. And if you've seen this scene, you know how it works. He walks in. We live in a cynical, cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You, you complete me. And what does she say? Shut up. (laughs) Just shut up. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. All right, let's give them all a hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it for you coming up. And you can, you can keep that, you know, a little memento there. For you. Yeah, so you guys can practice tonight, okay? You guys can all, can all read those lines back and forth. Well, it is February, and with it comes the most important holiday of the year, Groundhog's Day. No, it, it, it's not. It's also not. It is, but this isn't the most important holiday, but it's an important holiday. George's birthday. Where's George? Yeah. 87 on Friday. Norma Hubbard's 100th birthday is tomorrow. So Norma, if you're watching online, encourage you guys send her a card, 100 years. But that's not even what makes it the most important holiday. And it's not that it's also my birthday in this month. Yeah, woohoo. But possibly the most commercialized and polarizing holidays of them all, Valentine's Day. So for the next few weeks, we're going to pay a little homage to the month of love and talk about relationships. But this isn't going to be a typical marriage or love series, although we are going to talk about marriage. And it's not a series that's just for singles trying to get ready to get married, although we are going to talk about being single. But we're going to look at the gifts of both marriage and singleness and relationships that we share all with each other and how they all point to a greater, a bigger purpose more than just cheesy lines that we would say to each other. And no matter what our relationship status might be, married, single, widowed, divorced, engaged, it's complicated, whatever it might be, our relationships help us to understand what it means to be part of the family of God. So this teaching isn't just for couples, because as we're going to see today, your significant other, as much as Jerry Maguire said it, can't complete you. So for the next few weeks, we're going to look at what it means to be single, And how living out the mission of God is more important than your relationship status. How for those of us who are married, our marriage can and will be something that helps us to understand more the relationship that we can have with our Lord and Savior. But this morning, we're going to lay some foundations. And so for the best place to start with laying a foundation is usually the beginning, right? So if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Some of you know that reference. In Genesis chapter 1, so this is really the beginning of your Bible, like the first couple pages, we see from the beginning of the creation what God intended for relationships. We're going to be reading Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness. 
And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you. And to every animal on the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for you. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Now, there's a lot going on here. And even though I probably read that creation story hundreds, maybe thousands of times, it still blows me away every time I read it. And I realize I've only begun to scratch the surface of understanding all that's going on here and how foundational these first few chapters of the Bible are to understanding, well, everything. But I want us to look at a few key truths here that will help us as we look at our relationships, how we relate to each other as husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, family members, plutonic friends, whatever it might be, some key truths that help us as we look at our relationships, First, we see some interesting language here. God uses the word here. He says, let us. Let us. Now, depending on where you're from, this might not stick out to you as much. There's a relative in our family, I won't say who it is, but who always refers to herself in the third person. There's nothing wrong with her, but she's from the South, and it's my understanding that that's kind of common for Southern, older Southern women to do, especially Southern grandmas. So maybe I gave you a hint of who I might be talking about. But God isn't confused and he's not from the South. He's helping us understand something about who he is. See, we see here in Genesis aspects of the triune God or what we have come to call the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We sang to him this morning. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. We're going to dive more into the Trinity and what that means in an upcoming series. But we see here that God is modeling from the beginning living in relationships. The creator of the universe, the king of kings, said, let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness. So here's the first big truth that we see that's so important and foundational to our relationships. We are all made in the image of God. That might sound simplistic. might say, of course, but let this sink in. We are all made in the image of God. That doesn't mean that we are God or that we're exactly like him, but we bear his image. We share his likeness, both male and female. We were created to resemble the creator. This is where we get this phrase, imago Dei. I've used that phrase a couple times in the last month or so. And it's a Latin phrase that means the image of God. Each of us, every man and woman, were created by the creator with imago Dei, the image of God. Not just men, not just women, not just those who worship and follow Jesus. All men and women 
It's part of the creation story. All men and women were created by the creator, and we all have the image of God. See, this is fundamental for us to understand to live in healthy relationships. Single, married, friends, enemies, we have to understand that we were all created in his image to reflect him. Now, that doesn't mean that we're all making decisions and choices that reflect that image of God, but it means that our relationships with each other have to be grounded in that truth, that we are co-image bearers with everyone that we come in contact with. Each and every man and woman were created in the image of God. Each of us bears his image. Now, there are certainly different characteristics of God that are seen in both men and women. We're going to talk a little bit about those over the next few weeks, but both are in the image of God. It's not just about us individually. It's about us in relationship. See, God created male and female in his likeness with a divine harmony. Our relationships reflect the very nature of God, whether in marriage, friendships, in wider society, One of the ways that we express God's image is through our connections, through our relationships. And healthy relationships aren't just a nice bonus. They're a key part of understanding the image of God. God made mankind male and female, and he said, it is very good. Psalm 139, 13 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We were made in the image of God. But being made in the image of God is what makes us stand out from the other creatures. God had created all these other creatures. And then he said, Let us make mankind in our image. He set men and women apart from the rest of creation. He gave them God's image and authority over the earth. And it's given not just to men, but to male and female. This means each person, no matter their gender, their relationship status, has immeasurable value. So let's get this straight. Nobody can claim to be more important than someone else, male or female. We all have equal value. Amen? Amen. So your relationships, they don't define you. Jerry Maguire had it wrong. She can't complete you. He can't complete you. And you're not somehow inherently less than until you find your soulmate. Right? We, we often grow up, I know, I, I grew up feeling this way. That if I could just find the right person, then I would become the right person. We're going to see over the next few weeks what it means to become the right person. But nobody can complete me because somebody else has already done that work for us. We're an image bearer. And a spouse, they can't define you. Your relationship status can't define you. Only the person who made you can define you. Only the person who made you can define you. Guess what? That means you can't define you. Let that sink in for a moment. That means you can't define you either. We see this in the world all around us. We want to redefine who God created us to be. There's an old saying 
philosopher said, I think, therefore I am. Well, today we see a growing trend towards relying on our feelings. We might say, I feel it, therefore I am. The scripture tells us in Jeremiah that the heart is deceitful above all things. Now, we might think that we can find completion in someone else or that God didn't know what he was doing when we were created, but only the creator can define you. Well, who decides what a piece of pottery looks like? The piece of clay or the potter who is molding it, who is creating it, bending it to his will, his design? The potter doesn't say, well, I feel like a cup, so I'm a cup. Or I feel like a vase. Isaiah chapter 64, 8 says this, but now, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. All of us are the work of your hand. The potter decides. The one who is doing the creating is the one who determines the end results. He shapes each piece in a very particular way, moving his hands over the clay to create exactly what he intended, both male and female in his likeness. That's the way it is with God. He's intimately involved in our creation, and he remains that way throughout our lives. Our identity is found in him, not in the relationships that we share, not in any other thing that we might use to define us, because we are made in his image. He knows best what we are to become and what our lives are meant to look like. He knows best what he intended for us with our gifts, our gender, our flaws, our desires, our dislikes. Only the person who made you can define you. So what does this have to do with relationships? A foundational relationship with God, understanding who we are, who God has created us, is key to having healthy relationships. If we start from a place of brokenness there, of misunderstanding, it messes everything else up. Because we'll always be looking for completion in something or someone else. We aren't defined by our relationship status. Do you look for your completeness in another relationship? Not just a romantic relationship, in any relationship. Your spouse can't complete you. Your boyfriend or girlfriend can't complete you. Your job can't complete you. Your car can't complete you. Your possessions can't complete you. Your pastor can't complete you. Only God can complete you. Colossians 2.10 says, So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who's the head over every ruler and authority. What makes us complete is nothing within ourselves and nothing within the person next to you. But it's something to do with the creator. We're going to talk more about how we work together as male and female especially in the context of marriage in a couple weeks, but you don't need a man or woman to define you or a certain body type or a certain career. Only God can define you. If you're looking for your purpose or your identity, if you're looking to find your completion in anything other than your creator, you will always be searching and you will never be satisfied. Some of you, that hits home, you know exactly what that feels like. To constantly be looking for something else to fill what we 
often, sometimes it comes off as a cliche and says that God-shaped hole, right? Trying to complete yourselves with something other than your creator. Some of us know what that feels like. We have lived our lives trying to live that way, searching for it, thinking that if we can just find it, everything else will fall into place. But we look and we see that that hasn't worked. Your broken relationships tell you that. Your disconnect from your family tells you that. Your divorce tells you that. The woundedness that you felt from trying to gain what you think you need from someone else other than Christ tells you that. John Piper famously said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him, not in what someone else can do for us, not what we think is missing from our lives. So I want to ask you a question today as we end. What, or better, who are you trying to complete yourself with? Who are you trying to complete yourself with? Is it a relationship? Is it a search you're having for completion through a spouse? Through a boyfriend or girlfriend? Through your career? Through money? Through family? Through stability? Whatever it might be, what are you trying, who are you trying to complete yourself with? Are you living your life as an image of God? Because that's what you are. Is your life reflecting the image of God? Now, maybe today you need to recognize that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, as Psalms tells us. Even if you don't feel like it, you are an image bearer of God. Maybe today you need to recognize the truth that you were created by a creator and only he can define you. If you've been defining who you are by any other standard, then you need to acknowledge today that he is Lord, he is creator, and only he can define you. You can't find completion in any other person. Augustine said, our souls are restless until we find our rest in him. Until we find rest, completion in the creator, we will always feel like something's missing and we'll always try to fill that void with something else. So I want to ask you today, who or what are you trying to complete your life with? Let's pray together. God, we thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by you, by the creator, who has given us, Lord, an amazing gift in your likeness, in being image bearers to the people around us. God, we thank you that you've created us both male and female to represent who you are in this world. And Lord, I ask for those of us who, who are wrestling with that, who don't feel like we were made in your image, Lord, help us to recognize the truth that you have created us, you have blown your breath into us that we are created to be your image bearers, that nobody else can tell us different. Our past can't tell us different. And Lord, we don't need to fill who we are with other people's ideas of what we should be, or even our own, that only you can define who we are. 
God, if there are those in this room who have not made the commitment, the, the recognition that you are the creator, that we are not, Lord, help them today. Help us to see clearly the path you have before us, that we are made in your image to be your image to the world around us. God, I pray over the next few weeks as we talk more about relationships and how we relate to each other, that you would open our hearts and our minds, uh, no matter what particular frame of life we find ourselves in, to see how you have called us to be image bearers in those relationships, whether in our marriage or engagements or in our divorces, Lord, with our friends, with our family, with our coworkers, whatever it might be. Help us to be people who are living out your creation mandate, Lord, to, to be your image bearers to the world around us. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for creating us to be like you. What an amazing gift. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.